look at Moses, we can look at David, and we think, man, I could never do that. I could never stand up in front of a giant. I could never part a Red Sea. I could never do any of that. And that's okay because neither could they, right? They needed God to help them to do those things. And so sometimes we, we lift them up on this pedestal and we think, I could never be like that. I could never do that. But in this series, we're going back and we're looking at the origin story of Moses and see that he's a guy just like you and I. Right, that, that he had, uh, we saw last week, he needed, before he could become a rescuer of God's people, he needed to be rescued. Right, he needed to be rescued. He, he couldn't do it all on his own. He needed his, his mom and his dad to protect him for the first three months of his life because there was an edict out by the king, a, a bloody decree that all baby boys had to be thrown into the Nile. Right, they all had to be murdered. But his parents were, were faithful and they feared God more than they feared the king. And, and they kept him quiet, they kept him silent. But after three months, they, they couldn't hold on to him anymore. They, they couldn't keep him quiet anymore. So they, they took a step of faith and they built a basket and they put baby Moses in there, put him in the Nile River, and, and basically they placed him in God's hand. It says, God, it's up to you to rescue our child now. And God came through at just the right time. Uh, the princess, Pharaoh's daughter, comes out and, and sees this baby. And, and while she, she could have just tossed him in the river because that was the, the law of the land, she had compassion. And, and, and God changed her heart. And, and she was able to give him back to his mom. And, and he raised him. And then Moses grew up in the palace, right? So he goes from condemned to part of the royal family. Man, isn't, isn't that crazy? Isn't that the same thing that God does in our hearts? He takes us from condemned, uh, from destined for hell because of the sin in our lives, and he brings us in, and he not only saves us, but he makes us part of the royal family. He makes us heirs, right? So that's where we left off last week as we're looking at Moses' origin story and where he came from and how he was a guy just like you and I. So we're going to continue that. We're going to answer what happens next. What was life like in the palace Moses? How does he become Israel's leader? How long does it take? What is, what is this process to be used by God? What had to go on in Moses's life? And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to look at stories like Moses because we, we've got the whole story here, right? Not only do we see his whole life, but we see the impact that his life has on so many other. I mean, the ripple effects are continuing to go throughout this globe. We can see the whole thing. And so we can look at the difficult parts of Moses's life and we say, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. He had to go through this part over here so that over here he could be used mightily by God. But, but yeah, that, that, there was purpose in that. But in our lives, we, we just live it day to day. We can't see the big picture. So when we go through those painful moments in our life, we think, God, why? This doesn't even make sense. Like, why are you picking on me? Why, why did this have to happen? We don't have that full picture. We can't see all, all the purpose that God is using, that God, how God is working things out for the good, even in the midst of heartache, even in the midst uh, of pain. And, and so we're looking at the, the big story today, and I think we're going to answer some of those questions of when we go through difficult things. Why, why, why is God doing that? How, what's the purpose? Where are we going? So Exodus chapter 2. Uh, we're going to pick up with verse 11, just kind of go uh, verse by verse through this thing. But in verse 11, it says this. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. I'll stop there. All right, so Moses had grown up in the palace, in Pharaoh's palace, for 40 years. And I think this is a version of Moses that we don't, often think about 
You know, we think about baby Moses. You know, he's cute. He's a baby. We like to think about baby Moses and God rescued him. We like to think about 80-year-old Moses who, who God calls out of the burning bush, you know, and all these things. And God uses him in, in, in miraculous ways. And he's the leader of God's people. But what about 40-year-old Moses? Right? And that's who we're going to focus on today is 40-year-old Moses. Who was he? What was he like? And, and this scripture here gives us a little insight. There's a couple more passages in the New Testament that give us insight into 40-year-old Moses. So let's just uh, go down this trail for a little bit. The first thing that we learn about in here is, is 40-year-old Moses had compassion. Compassion. We, we know that because it says uh, that he watched his people in their hard labor. Or another translation reads, or the Hebrew kind of says, he, he saw them with emotion. Right? He, he cared for them. He, he saw this happening and he said, this isn't right. This isn't good. Uh, and, and he cared for his people. So Moses had compassion. You know, people like to follow leaders with compassion. That, that, that's a, a great trait to have. Uh, you don't want to go follow a leader who's just all about, let's get the job done. Let's, let's finish the thing and doesn't have time for you. Right? We want to follow somebody who cares. Right? Don't you wish your boss had more compassion? Don't you? Right? Like, but boss, I broke my arm. That's no, okay. Just use the other one. You, know, you, you wish that you can follow somebody who's got compassion. And Moses, 40-year-old Moses, he had compassion. He saw his people being treated harshly, and, and man, it bothered him. It bothered him. We also learn in Acts chapter 7, uh, that kind of given a recap of Moses' life. Acts chapter 7, verse 22 says this, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. All right, so we learn a few things uh, about Moses from this passage. The first one is this. He was, he was wise. He, he was wise. He had great knowledge. He was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. I mean, think about how smart Moses must have been. I think of all the great teaching. I mean, he was living in one of the most powerful nations. I mean, a nation that was cutting edge, a nation that, that was a group of inventors. I mean, the, the architectural work that, that the Egyptians did from the pyramids to the different statues. I mean, these are different things. We don't know all the details, but that could have been one of the things that he learned. Uh, think of all the inventions that came out of Egypt, uh, the, the written language through hieroglyphics, uh, papyrus sheets, the calendar, the plow, uh, and also really important things like breath mints bowling, eye makeup, and toothpaste, right? So he was an expert in eye makeup and all those, you know. So he, he, he probably learned a lot of these things along the way. I mean, this is cutting-edge technology uh, that the Egyptians have developed, and he got the best of the best teachers, right? Moses was wise. He was educated. It also said that he was, he was strong in speech, that he was a good communicator, right? We learn later on he, he maybe lost a step or two, but 40-year-old Moses was a good communicator. And when you think about it, when you have the best teachers in the world and you have the best training in the world and, and you've got knowledge and you've got something to say, it's a little bit easier to communicate. It's a little bit easier to talk, right? He was one who, who knew how to stir up a crowd. He, he was one who knew how to bring people to action because he was good in his speech. He was a good communicator. Not only that, it said he was strong. He was powerful in action. Right? He, he was strong. Growing up in the palace, he would have had you know, uh, teaching and, and training, even military training. He could have been somebody who, who led an army, who, who led a troop of, uh, of soldiers. I mean, this was Moses. He was, he was strong. And not only that, because he grew up in the palace, 
He had position. He had title. He had authority. When, when Moses spoke, it, it was with gravitas. I mean, this was, Moses had weight behind his words because of the position and the title, because of his upbringing, because of where he lived. This was Moses. One more insight. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, uh, says this, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than all the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. And so the last part of Moses' life and insight that we can have on 40-year-old Moses is he had self-control. How many of you wish you had self-control? Right? That's, that's, that's a difficult one to master. But Moses had it. See, despite his royal upbringing, rather than you know, fully giving in to the Egyptian cultures and the customs, he decided, I, I need to be with God's people rather than just grow up in the palace here. I need to identify with them. And, and I can't imagine the temptations that, that faced him. Right? I can't imagine the temptations, the, the, the greed that he could have given into, the sexual temptation that he could have given into, the, the drunkenness that he could have given into. I mean, all these different temptations that were there for him at the palace. But he said, you know what? No, I need to follow God rather than follow culture. And, and so he had self-control in that moment. I mean, how difficult would that be to avoid temptation when it's just there for the taking? Right? Nobody cares. Everybody wants it. I mean, everybody else is doing it. Right? We have difficulty doing it. When we see everybody else doing it, it's like, oh, okay, let's, let's do it. I'm not going to be judged by other people. But he, he knew that judgment was from the Lord, he, and he honored God. Right? So look at all these different things he's got. He's got compassion. He's got wisdom. He's a, he's a communicator. He's strong. He's got position. He's got self-control. He's in the prime of his life. Right? Man, this is Moses. Moses has got it going on. 40-year-old Moses knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, this week we've got our Lego stand up here, so I couldn't resist doing a Lego illustration. Is that all right? Can I, can I, can I bring that in for a little bit? Because here's the thing. In our life, uh, when we're born, it's kind of like God gives us a bunch of building blocks, right? A bunch of Lego pieces. And our whole life, uh, it... It says that when we're born, that, that God knows us, that he's ordained every day for us. He knows exactly the order we're supposed to take. It's like God has the instruction manual for our life, right? That, that's the way it is. God has that manual. But we've got all these pieces, and we look at them, and we think, huh, all right, what are we supposed to build with these pieces? How, how do these go together, right? Have you ever sat there and just wondered, what's my purpose in life? You know, what am I supposed to become? Who, do, who did God design me to be and, and for Moses, he looked at the building blocks of his life and he said, okay, all right, let me put that together here and, and let me put that together. That looks like it fits there. And, you know, and, and so Moses is just kind of building. He's, I got, I've got compassion. You know, I, I've, got, I've got wisdom. Oh, man, I'm, I'm pretty strong compared to everybody else. And, you know, he's piecing all of these little building blocks together and he's, he's trying to, to shape his life. He, he's trying to figure out, God, what is your plan? What are you what are you shaping in me? Who am I supposed to become? And, and when he puts it all together, he thinks, you know what? I know who I am. I've figured it out. I've, I've got this whole plan. I, I've got it figured out because I know with compassion, with leadership, 
I am supposed to be Israel's leader, right? I am supposed to be Israel's deliverer. So I am going to deliver the people of Israel. And he put all the pieces together. And, and, and he's probably like, look, guys, doesn't this look nice? I'm supposed to be your deliverer. I've got this, right? You don't need to worry because I've, I've put all of the pieces together. And so Moses is standing there and, and he's just like, I've got this. I, I am the Lord's. I've got self-control. I've got compassion. I've got all these things. God, I am in the perfect position. I've got authority. I've got influence. God, I've got this right? Let me deliver your people, okay? So that's where, that's where Moses is, right? If, if the Israelites were looking for a guy to deliver uh, them from slavery in Egypt, I mean, Moses was the guy. He checked all the boxes. It just seemed to make sense. I mean, everything fell into place. He had everything that he needed, so he thought to lead God's people, and he looks out, and he sees the pain, and he sees the heartache, and, and he sees the slavery that they're going through, and, and, and the slave drivers just, just beating up on these guys, and he's got compassion, and, and he's moved, and, and so it's time to take a stand, right? And in verse 12, in Exodus chapter 2, we see this. It says, looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian, and he hid him in the sand. See, that's the attitude that Moses has got here. He says, I got this, God. You, you, don't, you don't need to step in. I, you've given me all the tools already. So when Moses sees, you know, the, the Israelites being mistreated by the Egyptians, he steps in and he says, I'm going to play deliverer. I've built all the blocks. I know, God, you, you put this together. And he goes to that Egyptian and he says, take that. Oh. Oops. Great job, Moses. What a deliverer, you know? You're, you're just, you've really done it this time. And in that moment, it's like his whole life just falls apart. Everything he's been training for just falls apart when he tries to put his blocks together, when he tries to build his life on his own, when he tries to come up with his own plan, right? He sees, God, I see deliverer in the future. Just let me help you a little bit, God. Let me put the pieces together. And this is what happens when we try to, to piece our, our life and our purpose together on our own. That's what happens. We make a mess of it. It, it turns out worse than what we started. See, God already had a delivery plan for his people. He already had a plan. And it didn't involve Moses trying to take down an Egyptian. That wasn't the plan. That wasn't a good plan. It didn't involve a sword. In fact, it involved just a stick. Right? And, and God was able to use a stick, a rod in Moses' hand to do more than Moses could ever do with a sword or any other thing he used to take down an Egyptian. See, God's delivery plan involved miracles. It involved signs and wonders. He knew that Pharaoh's heart was going to be hard, and, and he knew that he would have to, to come at him hard with, with the, these ten plagues. I mean, he, he knew that the, the, the water of the Nile would have to turn to blood, that there would have to be uh, flies and frogs and hail and all these crazy things, and ultimately the death of the firstborn child in Egypt until Pharaoh would finally say, get out of here. And not only that, he knew that, that Pharaoh would change his mind and chase the Israelites until they were stuck between the Egyptians and the Red Sea, and he knew that another miracle would need to take place. And Moses, on his own, couldn't do that. He couldn't do any of that. Right? God had a plan 
already. And so this is what Moses discovered along the way. That God's plan is better than yours. God's plan is better than yours. And he's got the right instruction manual. You don't need to try to figure it out and piece it all together. You just need to go to God and ask him, hey, God, what's the plan? God, I want to hear from you because I know I I need, not in my timing, Lord, but I need your timing. See, maybe like Moses, you see these different pieces of your life and you've been trying to put them together, but they just don't seem to fit. Right? You ever been there before? It's like, God, I'm trying to put these together, but they just don't fit. Something is off. Something isn't right. I feel broken. And and in, in your life, you just don't feel happy anymore. And you don't know why. You can't figure it out. You can't figure out why, you know, your, your marriage just isn't as fulfilling as it used to be. The, the kids used to be your joy, but now they're just, uh, you know, they're just bothering you. That job that used to give you fulfillment doesn't anymore. And you're trying to figure out, God, how do I fix this? How do I put all these pieces together? Right? So you take your, your Lego blocks of your life and you think, all right, I can fix this. I just got to move around some pieces. I just got to make it happen. And, and, and we try doing all these different things. So we think, if I just work harder, right? If I just work harder, then this is all going to get fixed. This is just a phase. Or, or maybe if it's, I just get more rest. If I just take more vacation time, if I just take more days off, then it's all going to get fixed. And, and we keep piecing it together. But it seems the more we try to fix it, the more we break it. So we keep trying. We, we keep trying. And when, when those things don't work, we think, well, maybe it's just time for a change. I need, I need to move to a new place. I, I need a new relationship. I need, to, I need to get a divorce. I need to do all these different things. I need to, we need to change schools. We need to change cars. We need to change. And, and we change, and it still doesn't fix us. So we keep trying to, to, to maneuver it, and we say, you know, well, maybe if I just do this, or maybe if I go to the bars, or maybe if I go on vacation, or maybe if I hang out with this person, maybe if I do this, maybe it will fix it, but it's never fixed. And the more we try, the, the worse it gets, the more it seems to fall apart. See, just like Moses would soon learn, we need to learn that God's plan is better than ours. It's better than ours. So let's stop trying to fix our lives, and let's allow God to fix us. Verse 13 says, the next day Moses went out and he saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing us as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and he thought, what I did must have become known. See, it was in this moment that Moses felt guilt for the mess of his life that he had made, that he felt guilt for the murder, for the sin that he had committed. He was found out. But not only that, he felt rejection. He felt rejection. Can you imagine how that line would have have stung? Here he's been preparing his whole life to be Israel's deliverer. And, And the Israelites say, who made you ruler and judge over us? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And that had to sting. He's sitting there thinking, I love you guys. I thought you loved me back. But to the Israelites, when they looked at Moses, they saw an Egyptian. Some guy who had been raised in the palace. He wasn't out here with us. He wasn't on the front lines. And when Moses would go to the Egyptians, the Egyptians didn't see an Egyptian. They saw an Israelite. He doesn't look like us. He, he may know our culture. He, he, he may go to the same places we do, but, but he's an outsider. I mean, everywhere that Moses went, he felt rejection. I mean, the pieces were just, felt like he didn't fit in anywhere. 
See, Moses, what he didn't realize is that his credentials that he had earned up to those 40 years of life, those weren't his qualification to become judge and ruler of God's people, to become deliverer of God's people. See, Moses couldn't lead God's people when all he had done in life was live in, in a palace of glory. He had to come down out of the palace. Uh, he had to, uh, to, to go to a humble place before he was ready to deliver his people. See, on the outside, he had all the physical qualities, but he had to be broken before he could lead. He had to be broken before he could lead. See, we need to be broken before we can become who God created us to be. We have to be broken first. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, A broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Psalm 34 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. See, God, God needs us in a broken state so he can build us back up. See, when we, when we try to build our life and we try to put it all together, you know, we see all the pieces that, that God's given us. And we think, all right, I can, I can do this. You know, I, I see all these pieces in my life and I, I see how they're lining up. Oop, got to get this lined up here. And we can see what God's doing. And we think, all right, he's got me on all these, these green, interesting pieces and I know who I am. Like, I'm a spinning thing, right? Right? That's, isn't this a beautiful masterpiece? You know, we think, okay, that's, that's who I'm destined to be, right? This is who God's called me to, he's called me to spin. And we think, wow, this is cool. Because we tried to put it all together ourselves. We, we tried to match it all up. We tried to figure out, okay, where are all the moving pieces? What, what is it supposed to be? And, and we also look and we think, but what about, there's extra pieces in the box. How did God give me extra pieces? This doesn't make sense. Right? And, and we still have, so we're trying to figure out, God, how, how does this all come together? Well, see, the problem is, is this is not what we're supposed to look like. This is a hunk of junk. Right? That's, that's what it is. Don't tell my kids that. They made it. I helped him a little bit too. Uh, you know, and this is, this is our life. But here's the thing. Before God can put us and, and build us up into the right piece that he created us to be, right? Before he can do that, the first thing we have to do is allow ourselves to be broken. Because he, he can't build us from this state, right? We're already, we're put together. This thing's solid. No, we first need to be broken, Right? We, we've got to be taken apart piece by piece so that, that we can become workable, so that God can build us, you know, starting with page one, and, and he can build us into that right shape. And, and the problem is, is being broken hurts, guys. Being broken hurts. In our lives, being broken is, it's confessing, God, I messed up. God, I didn't follow your way. God, I, I shouldn't have gone this, this direction. And, and, and so we allow ourselves to be broken, and that's painful. Sometimes we've got to confess it to people that, that we just really wish didn't know that we, we wronged them. And sometimes we've got to confess at an altar down here and just say, God, I know I've been holding on to this piece, but, but Lord, now I want to I surrender this piece to you. It's, it's yours. Because that, that's another way that, that we allow ourselves to be broken is, is we surrender. And let me tell you this, it's much easier to give God permission to break apart your life 
and allow him to change you because the alternative, I mean, it's not pleasant, but eventually life breaks you. And that hurts a lot more. So are we going to choose to allow God to break us? Right? Moses allowed life to break him. He, he allowed life to break him, and, and it wasn't fun, and it, and it hurt, and it was a difficult process in his life. In fact, verse 15 says this, when Pharaoh heard of this, when Pharaoh heard what Moses had done, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh, and he went to live in Midian where he sat down by a well. Man, just the week before, he was in the palace he had compassion, he was strong, he was a good communicator. Everything was lining up. His life just felt like a life of destiny. And now here, just a few days later, he, he's, he's running away. He's got no influence, he's got no power, and he's living in a desert. That's his life now. And he was broken. And he thought, I've got no purpose, I, I've got no plan. God, I can't do this. But little did he know. Little did he know that he was just entering into phase two of deliverer training, right? God wasn't done with him yet. But God had him exactly where he needed Moses to be so that he could train him up into who God had called him to be. Because point number three today is the desert isn't there to defeat you. It's there to complete you. The desert isn't there to defeat you. It's there to complete you. See, so often we look at those dry times, those, those painful times in our life, and we think, God, why? I don't get it. God, why are you picking on me? Why, God, why are you doing this? I mean, Moses could have done that. God, why am I here sitting by a well in the middle of nowhere? This isn't where I'm supposed to be. This is not my calling. This is not my destiny. But God had Moses in just the right place. He had him right where he wanted him. And maybe today you're going through pain. You're going through a dry period in your life. And you're thinking, God, why? But maybe today you need to change your thinking and realize that God has you right where he wants you. Because there's lessons that he can teach you in the desert that he can't teach you in the palace. There's, de there, there's lessons that you need to learn. So check this out. Verse 16, kind of the rest of the story here. It says, now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill troughs uh, to water their father's flocks. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up, and he came to their rescue and watered their flocks. When the girls returned to Reuel, their father, he asked them, why have you returned so early today? They answered, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he, asked Reuel. Why did you leave him? Invite him uh, to have something to eat. Verse 21, Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. So here Moses is in the desert, in this wasteland, and he thinks all hope is lost. He comes in broken and defeated, but even right away, God starts putting the pieces of his life back together. But this time in the right order. This time right where he needs them. I mean, even right away, he gives them a little bit of hope. He failed at rescuing his people, but the first thing he does, he, he rescues these, these girls from the shepherds and helps feed them and helps protect them. And he, he becomes a provider. He becomes a, a rescuer, right? And, and so it was in this desert period where, where also God provided him a wife and, and a child. See, Moses probably thought he was done. 
He thought there's no hope. These Lego pieces, they're too broken for you to fix. They're too broken for you to put back together. But again, he was just in phase two of the training. Phase one was in the palace, and, and he learned all the external attributes that he needed to be a leader. But man, phase two, that's where God taught him from the inside out. See, in order, he learned that in order to be the greatest, he first had to become the least. See, in the palace, everybody wanted to, to wait on him, to serve him. But in the desert, he had to learn how to serve. He had to learn how to work hard. In, e in Egypt, he learned to be somebody. But in the desert, he learned how to be nobody. And that was essential to being a leader of God's people. It was the humility that he learned in the desert that allowed him to be usable by God, that allowed him to be shaped. And once Moses was, was broken and his life was broken into pieces, he lost his position, he lost his power, he lost his people, God started putting all the pieces back together. You know, all those things that didn't quite seem to make sense. But then finally he figured out what all the spinny things were for, right? God was using him, God was designing him. My kids built this one, too. They got some skills. God was designing him to be something greater. See, Moses tried to figure it out on his own, and I mean, it was a hunk of junk that spun. But man, this, God, he didn't know that God was designing him to do something great, to, to lead his people into victory, to lead his people into battle. And God was using him to do incredible things. And see, when we give God control of our lives, it's like everything just clicks. Right? He just puts it into place, and it just makes sense. It's like, oh, God, that's, that's why you gave me compassion. Oh, that's how I was supposed to do it. Oh, I wasn't supposed to do it that way. God, I was supposed to do it your way. And, and we figure it all out. You see, that again, the desert isn't there to defeat you. It's, it's there to complete you, to put you together the way that God wants to shape you and mold you. So if you're going through the desert today, and, and you're just thinking, God, why? I want to challenge you. It's in the desert where God is growing you, where he's using you to do things that you can't do on your own. It's in the desert where he's teaching you that you need to rely on his power rather than your own power. Right? That's in the desert. That's in the desert. And invite worship team, would you come? Church, are you tired of living your own plan? Are you tired of trying to piece together your life does something feel off to you today? Because let me tell you, God's way is better. God's got the plan for your life unlike any other plan. He's going to put the pieces together unlike anybody else can put them together. Right? When we, when we put it together, it, it's a failure. But if we want God to work in us, right? If, if maybe today you're sitting here and, and you've been trying to put your pieces of your life together for years and it's just, it's failed. Right? You just keep breaking. You just keep being broken. And, and you just don't know what, what's happening. Today, you can take the moment. You can take this moment and say, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in your plans. God, God, I need you. So today, you can make that decision. Or maybe today, you know that, that God has the best plan for your life, but you've still been trying to piece it all together yourself. And you keep telling God, no, God, I got this. God, you don't need to touch that area. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll get over that addiction, God. I'll, I'll, I'll take over this. I'll figure out some purpose and meaning in my life. And today, you just need to say, God, I'm broken. God, I surrender. God, I give up. Take me apart. Piece me back together.
today can be the day that God changes everything. Today could be the day that God changes everything. So what do you need to change? What's God speaking to your heart today? You know, why don't we just take a moment, just like the kids did this weekend. Worship team's just going to play softly. And I want you just to, just to take 60 seconds. I want you just to listen to God. What's he speaking to you today? What, what needs to be broken in your life today? What needs to change? Let's just, let's just, let's just listen for 60 seconds. of us needs to be broken. that God spoke to any hearts in this place today. Can I challenge you? These altars are open. Come. Find a place. Find a place where you can where you can confess, where you can say, God, the pieces are yours. And watch as God begins to rebuild you, to restore you, to bring you back to the plans that he had before you were even born for your life. It's not too late wasn't until 80 that Moses finally started figuring some things out. He thought he had it figured out before, but it, it took another 40 years for God to rebuild and to restore and for Moses to receive that. God's not done with you yet. So I'm going to pray for you. You guys, are, are, you're free to go. We're going to sing this, sing this song. But I challenge you, come find a place at this altar. Allow God to take the broken pieces and rebuild you. Lord Jesus, we need you in this place. God, we come to an altar of surrender this morning, and we lay it all down before you. God, take the pieces of our life, break them up, rebuild us into who you called us to be and who you destined us to be. God, even before we were born, you've got a purpose, you've got a plan for our life, and it's good to give us a hope, to give us a future, not to harm us, but to prosper us. So, Lord, we, we put our hands in, in the hands uh, of, uh, of our instruction manual writer today. God, you, you are the author of our story. We trust you today. Meet with us at this altar. Meet with us in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I encourage you, come to this altar. Find a place. Continue to seek God.